0: So what they did skippily and welcome again to another episode of Latin in layman's we're going to continue with that little grammar mini-series that I started a couple episodes back um, where I first had talked about uh, a declension the c- cases embedded within the declension why we have cases why we have declensions in Latin and what are the functions um, and the nuances of such and now what we're going to do is bridging on over from declension slash noun adjectival land we're going to jump on over to conjugation first conjugation which is verb land so now we're gonna we've talked about the noun aspect now we're going to talk about the verb aspect we're going to kind of just separate the two and kind of think about those in two different things declensions nouns adjectives conjugations verbs there you go with that being said Would appreciate your love and support popping on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast. Now you can go ahead and support me. You know that I appreciate any and everything that you guys can give me. And a rating is a very, very free way of helping support me. And I don't really ask for a lot. I think that is, um, a small little thing. So consider it. If this is, if you're moved, uh, if your soul is moved to do so, um, I would appreciate it as well. That being said, let's not ramble bamble too much because I did a good old ramble bamble sesh last episode. So there you go. Alrighty. So diving into our second lesson here, going over the first conjugation, there are five essential grammatical terms that are used in reference to verbs. They are mood, tense, voice, person, and number. For all my students, you guys should become very familiar with these terms as soon as you can, because that's what I do all the time. Whenever I ask a student a question, I point to the Latin verb and I say, "All right, what? You tell me what person, what um, it, it, what, what person, what number?" And hey, you know what? If it's in the well, if we've dived into the subjunctive, then I'd ask for the mood. If it's tense, is it present? Is it future? Is it imperfect? I don't know. I ask these questions. That's how you parse through a Latin verb and you understand it, you flesh it out, and you pull apart all of the information embedded within the verb in order for you to actually translate it exactly how it needs to be translated so that you don't lose any sort of translation in the mix, right? A lot of the time, we lose really important things that are said in different languages because we don't translate it according to how the author would have appreciated it to be translated as. Going into mood. Mood of the verb indicates how the speaker feels about the action. Does the speaker feel that what's being said is in fact, in uh, is a fact rather, a command, or is it something rather uncertain about whatever is on the speaker's mind? Um, that would be, matter of fact, would be the indicative. You have your command, which is the imperative, and then you have the uncertainty, which is the subjunctive. Mood can also show that the verb is inside complicated grammar, hence mood, or hence subjunctive. Tense is the grammatical term used in order to indicate when the action of the verb is happening. Voice is the term used to indicate whether the subject of the verb is acting or being acted upon. And a person is the grammatical term which indicates the nature of the subject. Is it I, you, he, she, it, we y'all or you all are you guys aka you plural aka you know the southern thing y'all is actually a grammatical uh grammatically correct y'all is just a a contraction of you all my students love to do that i love to you know put a little funness into latin and then finally though we have number number indicates whether the subject is singular or plural. Okay. So now we've gone over those really important qualities, five essential grammatical terms really embedded within a Latin verb, really any verb. For the moment, all the verbs that we'll deal with in the beginning part of Latin are going to be indicative in mood. That is, they are, they indicate fact. That's what it means. Um, And in the present tense, they have a now. And in the active voice, which means that the subject is the doer of the verb. That's the way that we're going to kind of see most verbs. They're going to be indicative, they're going to be present in tense, and they're going to be active in voice. We'll focus mainly on how to change person, that is, who is doing the action, and the number, which begs us to ask the question of whether the person is singular or plural. Is it first, second, or third person? Let's give it a bop. Another important grammatical term concerning Latin verbs is conjugation. So conjugation has two meanings in Latin. It is the process of joining a personal ending onto the base of a verb to form a full Latin verb form. And it's the term used to refer to one of the five categories of Latin verbs, which are distinguished from each other by the vowels found at the end of their base. So now let's look at how to form a Latin verb. Latin verbs in the present tense consist of three elements. So one, the verb base, two, the thematic vowel, and three, a personal ending. So firstly, that verb base conveys the verb's meaning. For instance, am, A-M, conveys the sense of love, L-A-U-D, law, praise, duke, D-U-C, lead. Now, with those verb bases, we can now append the personal endings but we also have that thematic vowel when looking at the first conjugation the thematic vowel is going to be an a and that thematic vowel basically is just sign- is signifying that we are embedded in that first conjugation we have a long e as the thematic vowel for second conjugation we'll later see short e signals third conjugation and i signals fourth and third i o Um, And a verb belongs to one conjugation, and that's it. It can't belong to more than one conjugation. That just doesn't make any sense, just like a verb. A verb cannot be both present, or I'm sorry, it can't be both um, singular and plural, right? That doesn't make any sense, right? A verb can't be both first person and second person at the same time. Now, you can have a compound verb where I or you and I love to go eat food. I don't know that being said, next part of here, the personal ending. Finally, what is that? It indicates the person and the number of the verb. That is who's doing the action of the verb. Person signals whether it is first, second, or third person, and the number signifies whether it is singular or plural, right? So number, just think about number. How many? Singular or plural. The person and number of the verb of the subject and the verb must agree rather, right? That's what we call a subject verb agreement. We have that in English as well, right? If I have a singular subject, the verb's going to also be singular. If I have a plural subject, it's also going to be plural, right? That's where we get these slight nuances, right? Where for instance, uh, it's going to be, he is not, he are, that doesn't make any sense. Now, if I were to play uh, take he and make he plural, then I can make they are, right? They are works, but they is doesn't work. So he is works. He are doesn't work, but are is going to be seen in the plural where we see third person plural is they. First person singular is he, she, it. I'm going to stop there and let's get into a little bit more. So Latin verbs um their endings carry important grammatical information that we were talking about so first they show person first second or third person first person signa- signifies me or my group in english first person is represented by the pronouns i or we right i in the singular we in the plural second person represents the person to whom the speaker is talking to you is used in standard english to indicate both the singular and the plural but where i come from or at least my uh, part of my side of the family There's a very useful second person plural form of you that we can use, aka y'all, aka you all. It's the same thing like saying you guys, hey you guys, hey y'all, hey you all, what's up? So we're gonna use y'all, I'm gonna use y'all, I like using y'all, and I always will in my class. Um, And that's when we are referring to second person plural. Some people just like to say you plural, some people just like to say you all, all good. You do you, you're the master of your own universe. I'm not going to at you. But if y'all don't like it, y'all can just learn to live with it. Ha. And finally, third person, the person or persons over there represented in English by he, she, it, or in the plural they, like I was talking about before. Think about another way. He, it's not he love, it's he loves versus they love. See how it's weird. You know, he loves is a singular form of the verb, but loves ends in an S. And typically when we think about words that end in an S, it has a plural, you know, quality to it. But in this case with verbs, there's a little bit of a kind of a vice versa role reversal situation where as before, when we put an S on the end of a a word, typically makes that plural Verbs are a little bit nuanced in that way. But for instance, if I have one dog, how do I make that dog plural? I put an S on the end of dog and that makes it dogs. Same thing with cat. How many or how do I make a cat show that there are actually more than one cat so that my audience knows that they, I got a lot of cats and I'm a crazy cat lady? Put an S at the end of it. Cats. There you go. Cats. I'm a kitty cat. And a stun stunts and a dunce, dunce, dunce. I'm sorry, nobody is probably gonna know that meme because I don't know if well maybe I don't know the other day uh, it's funny when i I were like in meetings this isn't the other day this was quite a while back, but it was in a meeting, and um one of the teachers would, um in our meetings was talking about how their um forget their their pet I think their hamster they had named them Leroy. And as soon as I heard the name Leroy, I was like, Leroy. And then one of my coworkers, she's um, a math teacher. She just chimed and She's like, Jenkins. And I was like, ah, got to love a good old meme back in the day. You guys don't know what Leroy Jenkins is? Just go ahead and type it into YouTube and you'll uh, you'll find like some YouTube videos probably 20 years old where it's just this guy that goes storming into I think it's World of Warcraft anyways all right I'm definitely dying to shut up shut up Liam all right I've shut up have I shut up yes all right so now with that being said Latin verbs or verb endings also show number that is whether they are singular or plural. So, the singular pronouns I, you, he, she, it, and in the plural, the pronouns we, y'all, and they are on the other side. The Latin personal endings, which are used at the end of the Latin verbs to indicate person and number are used as follows. O, sometimes M, meaning I, S meaning you, T meaning he, she, it, mus meaning we, tis meaning y'all, and nt, and t, meaning they. Thus, Latin verbs do not absolutely require pronouns like I or you to indicate person and number, but a lot of the time we'll see it. And if it isn't, then it'll be third person, and that third person is going to be subbed in for an actual Latin noun. For instance, like instead of he, she, it, it could be in reference to the boy or the girl or the dog or Caesar or... Liam, or Brutus, or whatever, instead of he, she, it, right? Because he, she, it can be subbed in, right? He equals me, aka Liam. Liam loves, he loves, who's he? In this case, Liam. Liam loves love. Yes, I do. Finally, this cluster of thematic vowels that we were talking about, and the ending is attached onto the verb base in order to create a full finite Latin noun. So then we have the verb base plus the thematic vowel, plus the ending okay so like for instance like how we were talking about with to love we have am am then we have the thematic vowel in the first conjugation it's an a so then we put on that a so now we have ama, ama instead of just am and then so now we have the verb love now we got to figure out how to make who we want to love in this case well what if i wanted to do third person singular third person singular we said is going to be a T ending. So now if I wanted to say he, she, it loves, and I wanted to form that in the Latin, then I would say ama plus T. So then it would be amat. And amat means he, she, it loves. Now I'll go through all of them conjugated just real quickly. Amo is I love, amas is you love, amat is he, she, it loves, amamus, we love, amatis, y'all love, amat, they love. Second conjugation uses the E like we talked about before, that long E. Um, And that's the only major difference between the first and second conjugation, which is nice. For instance, I'll um, pick out a word like habeo, for instance, which means to have. So habeo, I have habeis, that O gets knocked off and then that E is retained. And then we tag on the S, right? So from habeo, get rid of the O. So then we have hab, H-A-B-E. And then we put on that S, which is the second person singular ending. Habe's, H-A-B-E-S, which means you have. And then habet, he, she, it has. Habemus, we have. Habetis, y'all have. Habent, they have. Notice that in the first person singular or second person, or second person. Okay, whoa. Notice that in the first person singular or second conjugation of the second conjugation, rather, um, unlike in the first conjugation, the thematic vowel is not lost, resulting in the double vowel EO. Like I said before, HABEO. And then after that first person singular, we get into the second person singular habes, or we get rid of the O. Translating present tense verbs are pretty easy, pretty straightforward. If we have a a mo, first person, singular, present, active, indicative, I love. English, however, has three ways of translating this. We can have the simple form, I love, we have the continual form, I am loving, or we have the affirmative form, I do love. These are all correct, they all retain the same quality. That affirmative I do love is used most often with negative statements like I do not love, so there you go. So the affirmative is there to really make it the 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 negative of that affirmation. Why, you may ask, does English have three present tense forms? I really have no idea. But if we were in ancient uh, Roman times, the Senate would certainly outlaw two of them. Guaranteed. Hope you like that joke. After all, how many ways do you need to say, here comes the enemy? But really, honestly, here comes the enemy. Here comes the enemy. Here is coming the enemy. Here do comes the enemy. Yeah. Get rid of him. I think the simple form is totally fine. Again, going back over it real quickly. Personal endings. O, I, sometimes M, right? Like amo. But, oh well, I'm not gonna get into it. Amo amat, amamo sumati samat. I love you, you love, he, she, it loves, we love, y'all love, they love. O, I, S, U, T, he, she, it is. Moose, we, tis, y'all, and they. Last little bit we're going to get into here are infinitives. In English, beginning with to, as in to love, to have, to praise. Very straightforward. So if you ever want, whenever I'm asking a student, hey, what's the infinitive form of the verb? What do I always say? It's a simple formula. You put a T, O in front of the verb instead of the actual a person, a.k.a. first, second, or third person, and that makes the infinitive form, a.k.a. instead of somebody loving, it's just the base quality, to love, to have, to praise, to do. Infinitives in Latin end in an re, for example, we have amare, m-a-m-a-r-e, a.k.a. to love. If it was habere, remember, which means has, how would I make it infinitive? If I have have or I have you have he she it has or ha, whatever habere how would I make that? What did I say just prior? What's my formula? Put a to in front of it. Habere to have. How about laudere, which means praise? How would I make that infinitive? What do I do? What's my formula? Put a to in front of it. So amare to love. Habere to have. Laudere, laudare rather to praise. Note that Latin infinitives use the thematic vowel appropriate for each conjugation, right? Amare has an A. Habere has a long E. Laudare has an A again. So, secondly, after those infinitives, we have imperatives. Imperatives are verb forms in the imperative mood, uh, rather redundant, sorry about that, which indicate uh, commands. For example, go, run, stop. Stop that. Stop that right now. Stop rambling, Liam. Anyways, think about it. It's just a direct address, but it's also kind of like that mood that indicates more of a command. The present imperative mood in Latin has two forms, in the singular, no ending is used. For example, we have ama, aka ama. Ama, which means love. We Vide, day, videc. Si. In the plural, we put a te, which is used. For example, amate, love, but that would be in reference to a plural amount of people that they're commanding or that one is commanding so maybe they're like love that person or whatever you guys ought to love love we date see si. instead of just we day which is see si, singularly we date would be the plural note the latin distinguishes between a command directed at one person um I'm sorry, I'm going to say that again. Note that Latin distinguishes between when a command is directed at one person, an imperative singular, or more than one person, an imperative plural. So lauda, like I was saying before, the singular is used to command when the command is directed only at one person, versus laudate would be the plural, which is used to command and or command to direct more than one person. So laudate would be to... Praise, but I'm telling a lot of people to praise something. Maybe, uh, you know, Jupiter. Also, note that just as with the other forms, Latin imperatives use the appropriate thematic vowel for each conjugation A for the first conjugation, long E for the second. Finally, let's uh, wrap it up. I actually don't know why I said finally, but with that being said, that's all I got. We have verbs infinitives, imperatives, first, second, third person. What are the five qualities that I will go back over that we talked about in the very beginning? What are the five essential grammatical terms? Well, we have mood. What did mood refer to? Well, it refers to whether the verb is a command, it's a fact, or it's something uncertain, right? Tense. What's tense? You guys know tense. Tense equals time that's the way that I think about it. Tense is time. Does it happen in the past, present, or future? Tense is the grammatical term used to indicate when the verb is happening, right? When the action of the verb is happening. Voice. What is voice? We have two voices. The active, the passive. There you go. Active voice, passive voice. Being able to manipulate your language and changing your sentences between active and passive and understanding the expectations of what an active verb has versus a passive verb is going to be very integral for your understanding of the English language. So if you guys haven't understood that, or you guys, that kind of goes over your head, you guys should look for my active and passive lecture. Um, That's a really important one. It actually is all English based. It's all about just turning and understanding how to manipulate your language and changing from the active to, to the passive, vice versa, cool beans. Next one, person. What is person? First, second, or third person. First, I. Second, you. Third, he, she, it. In the plural, we, y'all, and they. There you go. And then finally, we have number. What is number again, you guys? Well, I just did it before. Let's do it again. Number, what's singular? First person. Think about it. Singular, first person. I. What about plural, second person? Y'all. How about third person singular? What is third person singular? He, she, and it. Finally, how about third person plural? When you put all those he, sheets together, what does that make? Makes a they. There you go. With that being said, I'm going to leave it there. Hopefully that was a nice little wrap up there. I know that this has been a lot of information and I hope that you have some time in order to debrief it, frag, and work through all of those neural networks and connections in your mind. With that being said, thank you guys again for being here as always. And remember to thank your mind. Thank you for all the things, all the processes that are happening. Thank your ears for being able to input what I'm saying here and hearing it so clear. And then maybe go take a nap. I don't know. One of the best ways to actually learn is to learn as humans, we rely on ultradian cycles of 90 minutes at a time, right? We are cyclical beings. We have that circadian rhythm that is very indicative of, you know, us as creatures and how we still thrive on natural light and structure and yes we we already see how night shift workers uh, th- that work is har- carcinogenic in nature um anyways that being said i think i was going to say something else but i forgot and i've lost my train of thought so it's okay i'm just i'm sure i was just going to say some ramble bamble stuff anyways but Thank you, guys, again. And tempos asked to scatter. Right.